And welcome to My Nameless Podcast that is devoted mostly to geeky things. This is, of course, the third episode. Today is Halloween, and I am finishing up my rankings uh, with the big three slashers, and this will be 11 movies focusing on... And so today is the Halloween franchise. It just felt the most appropriate on each remake, reboot, whatever. They've had a lot. So here we go. We'll just get right into it today. And as a reminder, there will be spoilers. We're going to kick things off with my least favorite Halloween entry, which is Halloween 2, specifically Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I just got to say, we shouldn't have any insight into Michael's uh, inner monologue, so, so to say. We should not be seeing what is going on in his head at all. That makes him uh, infinitely less scary. I shouldn't be feeling sympathy for Michael Myers. And it's just not scary when you're seeing him as a little boy because that's how he perceives himself. And you see him a lot without the mask. It was just a really weird, it's got a fake out beginning. Uh, this just, yeah, it, it's great that Zombie and any filmmaker tries to find something new to do with a franchise. And it is really hard to come up with a unique take for a slasher. But there is no payoff in this one by breaking the rules at all. Not really. The number 10 spot is, well, not too shockingly, Rob Zombie's Halloween. This remake, I, I initially walked out saying I probably would have liked it more if it would have just been Rob Zombie's slasher movie. But making it a Halloween entry, making it about Michael Myers, you spend like 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes focused entirely on the childhood of Michael. And we get uh, this history where he's kind of like it ticks off all the things about that uh, psychology claims about serial killers. Uh, the thing that makes Michael Myers scary is that he this came from a generic background. There's no indication in the original film that Michael was abused or had any social problems. He just one night killed his sister. And that's what makes Michael freaky. Nobody saw him coming. He wasn't predicted. He wasn't predictable. It wasn't that people missed all the signs. There were no signs. And now coming to number nine, we have Halloween Resurrection, which came hot on the heels of the anniversary movie, Halloween H2O. By and large, it would be seen as a success. Halloween Resurrection just stumbles out the gate. Uh, it brings back Laurie, and after what felt like a triumphant ending to the previous film and closure for the character of Laurie, she killed an innocent man, and she's been hospitalized uh, in an institution ever since and then one night michael shows up and ultimately kills her and it's just so it feels like an unnecessarily cruel end for laurie strode and then from there it, it's a reality television show where a bunch of people are going through 
a haunted house setup of the Myers house uh, run by Buster Rhymes uh, and Tyra Banks. And they're overseeing the, uh, this show. It's like a shock reality show. And they've, you know, rigged up the house to have all sorts of fake scares with stuff that have nothing to do with Michael's childhood, but trying to scare people. And turns out Michael comes home. And it's it's a mess of a movie. And we're going to move to number eight. Number eight is Halloween 5. Halloween 5 is not a great follow-up to uh, Halloween 4. It's really... The characters are annoying. They kill off characters that were important and likable from the first film. It's just not... It, it, it just... It lacks what the fourth film brought back or the Jamie character played by Daniel Lloyd is mute because she's been traumatized by the events of the previous film, which just makes the character unnecessarily obnoxious. She's got a psychic link. The film sets up uh, a strange man in black who busts Michael out of prison that ultimately went nowhere in the franchise, even though they kind of tied the sixth film to it. It, this film is just an obnoxious mess and doesn't bring anything interesting to the franchise. And now we're going to get a little controversial because there are going to be people who are going to be bothered that I chose this as my number seven, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Now, after they made Halloween, of course, producers really wanted to do a sequel so they got John Carpenter to pen a Halloween 2, which they thought finished off the Michael Myers story, uh, being that he and Dr. Loomis blew up at the end. So their idea to continue the franchise and was to make it an anthology where every year they'd release a different story set at Halloween, but not interconnected. And so they came up with this movie starring the great Tom Atkins, uh, who so they came up with this movie starring the great Tom Atkins, who gets pulled into finding out why a patient at his doctor's office was killed. He and the daughter of the patient go to this little town uh, where they find the entire town basically is run by the, the silver shamrock company who are putting out the most popular masks of the season. And then it's revealed that the masks, uh, I guess in the novelization, the, no the masks open a portal in the kids heads uh, releasing snakes and monsters and, bugs and creeps. But for a long time, this film was seen as a weirdo film. Part of what I do like about it is A, Tom Atkins, Dan O'Harely, um, who most people probably know as the old man in RoboCop, uh, gives a really fun performance in this film. He's clearly having a good time. And and so this, this is actually one that I've come to enjoy a lot more than I used to, but it still kind of gets the seven spot because 
it feels so out of place in the franchise. I get what they were trying to do in, in a, in a more just world, maybe we would have gotten multiple uh, anthology movies. It would have remained an anthology, but that was not to be. Now, number six is Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. The theatrical cut don't really care for. Don't ever watch it, but I do like the producer's cut. The producer's cut just makes more sense, and the uh, the producer's cut just makes more sense. You get more Donald Pleasance uh, and a bit more of a feeling of resolution. It's still not a great film. Number five is Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, which explains how... Well, it doesn't even explain it. Somehow, Michael can still see, even though he was sh apparently shot in both eyes in the previous uh, Halloween 2. Uh, he can... He, he's got burns. For some reason, he's still bundled up like he's got fresh burns. Doesn't make sense, but whatever. Uh, he is being transported, finds out that he's got a niece and has and suddenly wakes up, kills the paramedics there and folks transporting him. And then he runs off to find and kill little Jamie. Jamie is the daughter of Jamie Lee Curtis's Lori Strode, who, along with her husband, was killed in a car accident off screen. It's mainly sold on the performances of Ellie Cornell, Donald Pleasance, and really Daniel Lloyd's really good in it. I think it's got a great ending because it it seems like the return of Michael Myers, the plan was to end Michael Myers, but have the curse continue, so to speak. The curse would continue with Jamie. Uh, the film ends with her in a clown mask, having stabbed her stepmother to death and Donald Pleasance just screaming, no. And it's, it, it, it's a really good chilling ending that elevates this film. And now we reach our fourth film in the rankings, Halloween H2O 20 years later. After six tanked plans for what might come next, they abandoned the mythology that they had started with the fourth film, and they picked up the film 20 years later, where we find out Laurie Strode had actually uh, faked her death and was now living as a headmistress of a, an elite school um, and had a son and was divorced and pretty much had put everything behind her, but every Halloween became very kind of a basket case. And her son wants to run off with his girlfriend on a trip. Um, Michael Myers appears. There's no ex real explanation of where he's been the whole time. Uh, they don't, they don't indicate he escaped from somewhere. It's just, it seems that they, everybody just thought he was gone. Now, while directed by a uh, horror veteran, Steve Miner, from a few of the Friday 13ths, among other films, the film's most notable aspect at the time was it was written by Kevin Williamson, who had already had a hit in the slasher franchise with Scream. Uh, it was really, he was 
doing really well uh, at that point in time. It was he was riding high, and for the most part, I think this is a great sequel. It, it's a low kill count, but I think the biggest detriment is it's just a terrible mask, and that seems to have been what has since caused fans to say, "Oh, this is terrible." They hate the mask, and I get it. It's a it it, it looks awful. For some reason, it looks like a like he just found the mask. Like, like Michael Myers' Halloween masks are a common thing that everybody can get in that universe. So he bought a brand new one, and it's an off-brand one. It's not great, but I like the kids in it. Uh, I like the setup. Uh, I think it does a great job at being tense and it gives Laurie Strode better closure than the film series had given her at that point. Having her succeed in offing Michael felt like a proper closing of the series even. And for many years, I had the tradition of watching Halloween, Halloween 2, and then Halloween H2O. I, I think the overall story overcomes a bad mask. It's a good movie overall. And that's why it's ranked in my, you know, it's in my top five. It's not number one, but it's, it's good. Now we move to ranking number three, and that is the 2018 Halloween, the reboot that said nothing happened except the first Halloween. Michael and Lori are not related. They are not a brother and sister at all. She's just a random babysitter. He went after that, that fateful night. And it's interesting because it deals with a lot of issues like dealing with trauma. Lori Strode has kind of gone all survivalist and not kind of very much so. Uh, her relationship to her family is strained. And I think they just do, it's a great cast. Uh, you've got Judy Greer in there. Um, the Dr. Sartain character is, he, he is basically the stand-in for Loomis. Um, but he, there's a twist that it turns out he, he has a different obsession than Loomis. He wants to understand and be Michael. He wants that he sees Michael as having some sort of innate freedom. I I like the general setup, the idea with these podcasters. I kind of wish they'd have lasted longer. Uh, someone had even suggested that, you know, maybe one of the podcasters kind of became the new Loomis. And, you know, somebody obsessed with, with Michael Myers and trying to bring him to an end. I think there's some just great moments in this film. Like Judy Greer kind of sells this idea in one scene that I, you know, where she, she can't do it. You know, she's calling out to her mom. Michael's at the top of the stairs and she's got a gun. You know, she's got a gun, but she, she can't fire the gun. She's, she's too weak. She's too scared. Mom, we need your help. And Michael steps into the frame and she just suddenly her whole demeanor changes and she looks as, Gotcha. And bam, shoots him <laughs> with a gun. It, it's a good moment. This one has the kind of carnage that people want from slashers. 
I, I thought they did a great job. Even at this point right now, it's kind of becoming where instead of Halloween, Halloween 2 and Halloween H2O, I'm watching Halloween and Halloween 2018. It's it's a really good follow-up. I really do enjoy this one. Even though Lori only has like five lines in the film, it, it's fun to see her story come to an end. There's a lot of carnage candy in this one. I, I like all the actors. It's Halloween 2, I thought, was a perfectly good follow-up, even though Carpenter hated it, and that's part of why they completely eliminated everything it introduced. And really, even more than the original Halloween, Halloween 2 is really what set the course for years of that franchise. And I I liked that, that concept, but I, I liked the additions he made. I felt like, I've always felt like it's a good follow-up slasher that continues the story. And now we hit number one. Number one, if you haven't guessed at this point, is the original Halloween. I just think it's a classic. Uh, John Carpenter had a vision to tell a scary tale about uh, babysitters being stalked by a masked killer. And I liked how how the characters felt natural. Um, they were fun. Uh, unlike the Rob Zombie remake, where I didn't like any of the characters outside of maybe the sheriff and his daughter. Uh, this one, I like all these characters. I don't want them to have a bad thing befall them. I want them to all have happy lives, uh, which is not meant to be because we wouldn't have Halloween without it. The Michael Myers is, becomes iconic right from the outset. He's a memorable killer who doesn't have any discernible personality, which really, oddly enough, works in this film's favor. Simple, straightforward. I think Halloween will always be a classic. I can watch it every year. It makes a real, real solid impact. Yeah. It, by some standards, it's a slow-moving movie because Carpenter spends almost no time establishing Michael and a lot of time establishing his victims. But that's what makes the film so effective. And so there we have it, my rankings of the Halloween franchise. I know this episode has been a bit shorter, um, and I apologize, or you're welcome. The... Uh, Rankings were Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 came in at 11. Rob Zombie's Halloween came in at 10. Halloween Resurrection was number 9. Number 8 was Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Number 7 was Halloween 3, The Season of the Witch. Number 6 was the producer's cut of Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Halloween 4... The Return of Michael Myers took the number five spot. Number four, Halloween, H2O, 20 years later. Number three was Halloween 2018. Number two, Halloween 2. And appropriately enough, number one, Halloween, the original nightmare. Oh, wait, crossing franchises there. But... Thanks again. This is Tom Wade. I appreciate if you've listened all the way through to the end of the episode. And 
Hopefully we can just be done with rankings for a while and the next few episodes will just detail loves of different geekeries. Thanks again for listening to episode three. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tom Wade. That's at symbol and then T-H-O-M-W-A-D as in dog, E. And again, that's for both Instagram and Twitter. You can see my art on Instagram and you can interact with me on Twitter if you'd like. And so have a happy Halloween.